Hey everyone, this is The Kicker, CJR's weekly podcast about all things media. I'm Meg Dalton. We're doing things a bit different this week. We'll be scrapping our weekly roundup of the biggest media stories of the week and instead are giving you one in-depth interview with a super special guest, my colleague, Matthew Ingram. Matthew is CJR's chief digital writer and unofficial Canada correspondent. In our latest issue, Matthew tackled the social network everyone loves to hate, Facebook, and the threat it poses to journalism. So you're calling this moment in time the Facebook Armageddon, which is some pretty strong language. Do you really believe that? Is Facebook journalism's evil overlord now? You know, I think Armageddon obviously is a little bit of uh, hyperbole. Um, I, I also thought about Apocalypse, uh, which is also kind of hyperbole. But um, but it, I, I really think it's, you know, terms like that are maybe too serious but this is a massive massive sort of problem or challenge or however you want to describe it for media i think unlike anything we've ever seen unlike anything the media industry has ever had to deal with there's never been an entity like facebook before and there's never been a single company controlled by a single man who who influences so much of the way we see the world. It's just, you know, it's unlike anything else we've ever experienced. And historically, what has been Facebook's relationship to journalism? I think at one point in your story, you called it a like classic Faustian bargain. Yeah, and I guess that's the part of what makes it so challenging is that, you know, when Facebook was growing and, and lots of people... We're starting to use it and it and it looked like a great way to sort of reach people then i think the the appealing part of it was oh hey you know we can use this social network to reach all sorts of people that we would never otherwise reach which is great and 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 that is true lots of media companies have done that and can do that that is something that facebook allows you to do it's it's basically free <clears throat> you can reach all sorts of people you might never have reached before spread your message and so on and the risk is that that what you pay in order to do that not in terms of money but what you are giving up um, might actually be pretty important you're giving up a lot of control for one thing you're giving up a relationship with your audience a, a sort of direct relationship and you're basically handing that over to facebook and then Facebook gets to do whatever it wants with it. And Facebook gets to determine through the algorithm who sees what and when and doesn't really have to tell you anything about why it did that or why your traffic just fell by 30%. And so, you know, I think there's, are there benefits to working with Facebook? Sure. But I think a lot of media companies are, are now asking themselves, are, what, are the sort of trade-offs worth it? And in many cases, they might not be. And so how would you characterize journalism's relationship to Facebook, you know, today in 2018? I think it's very much a, a kind of suspicious relationship. I think there are, so not that long ago, I think there were, there were many media companies that were sort of all in on Facebook and, and saw it as the sort of route to growth and saw it as a way of 
sort of maximizing their reach at low cost and lots of companies built teams to just do that and they specifically they built teams just to do video and then Facebook did what it usually does which is to say well you know we we're, we change our minds and so we're going to change the algorithm and we're going to de-emphasize news something they've done several times in the past and in each case it's had a huge impact and I think it's um you know for old people like me we remember Lucy and Charlie Brown and the football and Lucy would would convince Charlie Brown to go for the football and every time she would yank it away and so I think after a few of those times I think more media companies are are maybe a little suspicious now of whether Facebook really does care that much about news and if it does um, is it sort of doing enough to show that throughout this tenuous relationship between journalism and Facebook have there been any you know key turning points um, that highlight when the social media giant went from mostly harmless to a more serious threat I think it's kind of been a you know it's it's been a process of steps where where each time you could say well you know this isn't really that big a deal or but cumulatively eventually they add up to to showing that there's a significant problem and and in particular the algorithm changes uh, periodically i would say the the kind of pivot to video that everybody or lots of media companies went through primarily to cater to Facebook. I think that was a real uh, eye-opener because lots of companies devoted a huge amount of resources to producing short-form video because Facebook said, you know, we really, really want it and we're going to pay you for it in some cases or we're going to promote it. And then Facebook said, well, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. So thanks anyway. Uh, we're moving on to something else now. And I think a lot of companies, you know, that was a real kick in the, you know, where, because they, we've seen multiple companies um, laying people off and shutting things down and having to change the, the, the workings of their organization because they spent so much time on video. And, and that was primarily driven by Facebook. So what are the biggest threats then that it poses to journalism today? Is it, you know, purely economic or is, is it misinformation? Is it all of the above? Yeah, I had a really hard time uh, picking one because there are so many. Um, I think in a, in a kind of existential sense, the financial or business model risk is the biggest. And it certainly, I think, looms over a lot of what we've seen in, in the sort of changes in the media environment, whether it's newspapers dying or even digital companies having problems. Facebook and Google have basically vacuumed up the majority of digital advertising. They control, I think, over three quarters of the entire digital advertising market. Most of that is Google, but most of the growth is going to them as well. So I think last year, um, if you took Google and Facebook out, the digital advertising market didn't grow at all. They took 100% of the growth in that market. And so if you're a media company that relies on digital advertising, you're watching that business basically vanish into the maw of Google and Facebook. And so, you know, it's forcing a lot of media companies, I think, to, to kind of reevaluate how their business works. And in some cases, some of them can use paywalls and subscriptions and so on, but that's not an option that's 
available to everyone. It might be working for the New York Times and the Washington Post, but there's lots of papers that, that just can't make that work, and they've relied on advertising for so long, and now it's, it's basically disappearing. And that's, is that Facebook's fault? Not, not really. I mean, you know, they designed a better business. Google designed a better business, and now they're succeeding. That's the way things go. But I think it is definitely a big threat. Um, but I do think the misinformation is also a big threat. And Facebook and Google in particular are having real challenges right now coming to grips with it. They don't really know how to do it. One of the things that struck me in writing this piece was a, a, a Facebook insider was talking about how it's just not in their DNA to think about this kind of stuff. You know, their, their job was to design something that made people want to use it a lot. And, uh, and they're really good at that, but they're not terribly good at sort of thinking about, well, if we show people conspiracy theory videos and they click on them, I guess that means they like them. So we'll just show them more of those, you know, they're not sort of doing a great job of thinking through how the algorithm is, is kind of working when it comes to information and whether that's bad and if so, how they should fix it. But in terms of the, the misinformation, Facebook has taken some steps to sort of address the problem. Can you kind of summarize what they've been trying out? And do you think that any of these are really addressing it? Or is it more of just a PR move? Well, and they have taken a series of steps. Some of them they've actually sort of tried and stopped. So it seems to be a period of experimentation. They, they have said that they're going to hire more moderators, thousands of them, in fact. They've, uh, they tried flagging videos as disputed. So if they were um, disputed by a series of organizations like uh, Fact Check and Snopes, then, then Facebook would put a tag on them. Um, they actually stopped doing that in part because they said their research showed that it, in some cases it actually made things worse. So it was actually convincing more people that those things were true than it was convincing them that they weren't, um, which is a, an odd kind of problem of human psychology. But um, so they stopped doing that. They're, they're trying to surface uh, or highlight um, related factual news stories around um, problematic links like that. And it's not clear whether that's working or not. And, and they have also reached out to media companies in much the same way Google has. So they created the Facebook Journalism Project, which is designed to help media companies figure out how to use Facebook. And they created the News Integrity Initiative, which is which is designed to fund research and experiments around kind of how to build high quality news or how to improve the news environment. And, and I, those things are valuable. There's no question about it, but it makes you wonder whether it's enough in a way they, these are relatively tiny efforts. They involve for Facebook, relatively tiny sums of money. And so they feel a little bit like uh, a bone that Facebook has tossed to the journalism or media community to say, look, we're helping, um, here's a million dollars or two, and, and you guys go over there and play with your media stuff and we'll continue you know, vacuuming up all the digital ads and, and making hundreds of billions of dollars. If you personally could sit down with the man himself, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> what would you recommend he do to make the company more journalism friendly? I think Facebook really needs to think about 
hiring journalists. I mean, they've kind of avoided, there was that one part where they hired editors to kind of run the trending topics section and then they got in trouble because people said they were making value judgments and so they fired everyone. And, and I think that maybe scared them off. Um, and, and they do have journalists who are advising them on things like the journalism project and so on. But, but I think they, they need, I don't know if it's a, if, if it's a board of advisors or a sort of, you know, a group of kind of trained, you know, media professionals who they can go to and say, look, how do we do this or help us figure out how to do this? And, and I think they're so kind of hypersensitive about what that means or about kind of wading into this minefield of, you know, deciding what is true and what isn't that they, they don't want to do it. But I don't see how this problem gets solved without them doing that. Do you think there's a fear from Facebook that if they did recruit more journalists to work on a formal or informal basis for the company, that they would be admitting that, yes, they are a media company now, not just a technology platform? I think that's definitely been part of it. Um, Facebook spent a lot of time rejecting the idea that it was a media entity. Um, and then I think last year, Mark Zuckerberg admitted that they kind of were, but a very, very different kind of media entity. And I would certainly agree with them on that. They, they are very, very different than any media entity we've ever come across before, but they clearly are one. And so, you know, to some extent, they have to grapple with what that means. And I think they've avoided it partly because it is a minefield and they're afraid that once they wade into it, you know, they'll just get sucked into this morass of, of having to make editorial decisions and not really, you know, and then getting criticized from all sides based on the decisions they make, which in, will inevitably happen. Um, but the reality right now is that they're, they're doing that. They're just not talking about it. And it's all happening under the guise of this, algorithm that's kind of you know a black box that no one understands and so editorial decisions are being made effectively but we don't know what they are or why they're made and facebook just sort of you know says don't look at the man behind the curtain when it comes to the algorithm well they certainly are a different type of media company i don't think there's ever been a media company with so much power concentrated in in a single platform there's no question. I've, I've, you know, I'm, I joked about how the only entity that I can think of that controlled more of wh how people saw the world was probably the, the Catholic Church in like the, the 10th century. I mean, there has never been a single entity that, that had as big a role in how billions of people kind of see and understand the world. We just don't there's no comparison that makes any sense. It's, there's no kind of analogy or, or, or previous kind of historical entity that we can compare it to. And there ha hasn't been anything like the kind of current sort of media and information environment. There's never been the ability for somebody anywhere to, to distribute, you know, tweets and video and Facebook posts and news articles and and hoaxes and conspiracy theories as rapidly or as broadly as you can now. We'll be back next week with our usual format and of course the lovely Pete Vernon. As always, thanks for kicking it with us. <laughs>